Hello and welcome to the very, very first episode of my new podcast called Game Review. Now, what I'm saying right now is entirely unscripted and improvised. So, it, the script, like what I'm about to say, is not improvised. I wrote that, but right now when I'm talking, this is improvised. But uh, if I mispronounce anything, I'm sorry. I'm not an aviation expert. I'm soon to be one, though. I'm starting to get into it. So I'm sorry if I mispronounce any, like, brand names, like, I don't know, Casena or something. But, yeah, let's get into it. I need to find my script first. Okay. Here we go. Planes. You see them almost every day. Even when I was writing the script, I saw one outside. But have you ever imagined flying one? The average mind the average mind might think it's probably not too hard. In reality, it takes six months to get enough training to get a pilot's license. But what if you need it never need to worry about that? You just start a plane and take off. That's Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020. Hello and welcome to the very first episode of Game Review. Today we will talk about Microsoft Flight Simulator 2020. I started playing in March. And I sucked. I blame myself for not following any of the tutorials. The thing that made me want the game was how you could go anywhere. I mean anywhere, like your house, your grandmother's house, the... the, Literally anywhere you can imagine that's on planet Earth. Like, think, like, literally, think of a place on Earth you can go there. Some things are locally designed, specifically famous landmarks, and some are not too famous landmarks. A good example is you can find a not-so-popular land landmark like Metaphor, the Tree of Utah, a middle-tier popular landmark like Devil's Tower, or a really popular one like Mount Rushmore. But something all of these share are how detailed they are, but they but there are flaws. Before Devil's Tower was updated and put into the game, it just looked like a random spike of terrain. Now it looks like Devil's Tower. And so now we talk about planes. I will list every single one in my thoughts on them. I'm sorry if I mispronounce them. <laughs> just look, I'm not that much of an aviation expert. First, we have the Airbus A320. Not too thrilling, but it can be, it can be pretty fun to fly. Like, you could maybe... Like, make a storyline. Like, this dude on the internet uh, made this thing. Like, oh, yeah, we're carrying giant pandas on the plane. Which is a little bit interesting. It's like role play a bit. Next is the Pitch Special S1, S1S, and S, S2S. These planes are the same. They just look different. But these two planes are one of my favorites. They are so maneuverable. And when I mean maneuverable, like, they can turn really fast escalate really fast they're hard to stall yeah now we have the 747-8 intercontinental this is this one this one is about the same as the airbus it's just a lot harder to fly because it's a really really big plane next up is the fa-18e super hornet this is a fighter jet if you were wondering but uh this plane is Perfect for those just getting into the flight sim. It's fast and maneuverable. One time, like, the first day I started playing, I flew in this plane. And I just was like, yeah, I'm going to fly from 
L.A. to Washington, because why not? So I, I did that, and I failed, and I stalled out. It was actually, it was actually a lot of fun. Like, I was not that, I was very new to the game. Now, all of the Cub Crafters planes, they are all pretty basic airplanes. They turn slowly, and they're also really generic. The best out of all of them is the seaplane, though. Now the Daher, D-A-H-E-R, however you pronounce it, TBM 930. This plane is a community favorite. It's seen a lot in the loading screens. It's seen a lot in the just in-game like assets and stuff. It's a really, really common plane. And there's not much wrong with it. It's I like it for any range of flights. Even a short flight is pretty satisfying. Like I did this flight where I just took off and then landed at the same airport. And it took me like 10 minutes to do so. Next up are the diamond aircrafts. Like these, <laughs> I don't know. But this is gonna be a really long section and it's just kind of crappy. The DA-40NG is a really generic airplane too. The interior is amazing though. It's really easy to find things like the trim and fuel selector, which I don't really know what you're going to be using a fuel selector for besides starting the airplane. The other diamond aircraft, the DA-62, I like a whole lot more. First of all, it's color. It's really unique. When you see a blue airplane, it's not a passenger plane either. I like the interior a lot more than the DA-40NG. It's a lot bigger than the other diamond aircraft. It has seven seats, unlike the DA-40NG, which has four. But however, both planes act almost the same. All right, enough of that. Now time to move on to the extra 330LT. This plane's very fun to fly. It's good for some bush trips and medium distance flights. It's also very easy to fly. It's surprisingly maneuverable because I don't know. It's a really kind of a big plane though. Now, one of my favorite planes, the Icon A5. This plane looks like a cursed image to the untrained eye. But this thing can land on both land, water, along with taking off too. In my opinion, it's the ultimate bush trip plane. Now the JMB Aircraft VL3, or is that VI3? I can't tell. Not much. It's, it look, it's a lot like the extra 330 LT. But it's not as maneuverable in the interiors, but the interior is stunning. It's like the brown leather seats and leather interior. Now the Pilatus PC, let's just say Pilatus, or however you say it. Pilatus PC-12, 6B2, H4 Turbo Porter, and PC and the PC-6, N2, H4 Turbo Porter, G950. These plans are the same, so just keep that in mind. It's a standard basic plane. Slow turning, but it's kind of easy to drive. There are two other planes with the exact same statistics, except one has skis and the other one has floats. And this is just improvised right here, but um, why would a plane need skis in this situation? I've, I've actually ridden in real life on a plane with skis. I landed on a glacier in Alaska when I was like really younger and I had no appreciation for it. But uh. There's no snow airports on Microsoft Flight Simulator last time I checked. So what do you use it for? Do you land on water with it? Do you land on regular airports? I'm really confused. Now we are onto the Robin Cap 12. This plane looks really nice. It's all right. There's just not that much to say about it. 
Now the Robin DR400 Cadet. This is the same as the last one, just worse. I don't remember why I thought it was just worse. I think it just goes slower and has a lower altitude. Now the Beechcraft Bonza G36. The first thing I want to say is there's a kind of rifle called a G36. But this plane actually turns out that it was invented before that gun, before that kind of rifle was invented. Anyways, this plane's really easy to stall, along with other Beechcraft planes. This plane is like a da Daher TBM 930. It's a small private jet. Next, on, next up is the Textron Aviation Beechcraft King Air 350. This plane is so nice. When you fly in it, you feel like a material girl. Jokes aside, this plane is really nice. It's a bit difficult to fly, though. It's good for long flights. Or medium flights, I'd say. Now the Textron Aviation Cassena 152. Now, I don't know if it's Cessna or Cassena. Let's just say Cassena, because that's what I'm pretty sure it actually is. This plane is a very average plane, but it's pretty good for beginners. Microsoft would agree with that statement because they used it in the tutorial. It's good for short to medium length flights. Next up is the Cessna 172G1000. There are three editions of this plane. Number one, wheels. Number two, floats. And number three, skis. How this thing flies? It turns sort of fast, but it's really hard to pick up speed in. Once you have enough, yay, have fun. On to the Textron Aviation Cessna 208B Grand Caravan. First of all, this plane looks obese. The interior looks like a modern school bus, but this thing flies really well. It picks up speed quickly, and I'd say it's good for mid-distance flights. Now on to the Textron Aviation Cessna, Cessna Citation CJ4. This plane will make you feel like a material the interior has some really nice details, like how it has nice dark brown wood that looks really nice. The cockpit looks okay, it's just a bit bland. How does it fly? The answer is like a freaking airliner. It goes really fast, and it also is really maneuverable. It's not the best for starters, though. Now the easiest to fly, the Velocity. This is a helicopter that looks like a high-end drone, since it has 18 motors. It's meant for flights that are like less than 10 miles. Once I tried flying 300 miles to complete an achievement, but now, of course, I had fuel consumption turned off because its range is only 16 nautical miles. Now, the last plane, holy crap, the Zion, Zion, it's like Z-I-L-N, Aviation Savage Club. This plane is really good for sightseeing, but not as good as the Pit Special. It could go kind of slow without throwing a hissy fit at you because it stalls. It's not too maneuverable, but that, but it's not bad. Okay, that took a while, I admit it. Take a deep breath. Okay, now it's time to talk about the flaws. Now, every good game comes with its flaws. First of all, prices. You need at least $60 if you want to buy the standard edition. But the special edition, Rip Your Wallet, is $120. And it can actually rank up, I think, to $175. It's been made fun of because it comes with, like, five discs. I play on Series S, so I can't put discs into it. There's two Xbox. There's two next-gen Xboxes. The Series S and the Series X. The Series S is a lot cheaper, and it doesn't have a disc board. The Series X does, though. It's more expensive, and it has a disc port. 
Second of all is the goddamn marketplace. There are many amazing planes on there, but they don't cost like in-game dollars that you earn. It's real money. Now, a very popular icon in aviation is known as the Concorde. It's a, this is a really cool plane. In-game, it costs like a few bucks, right? Nope, 40 bucks for a plane you'll fly in a few times. I remember paying $10 for an add-on that made this, the city of Seattle look nicer and not like Google Maps. But my surprise, a few months later, they did a world update that updated Seattle and made it look nicer. More recently, I purchased a pack of liveries for the Airbus A320. If you did not know, the basic way of describing liveries are in-game skins. Think of it as pretty much any online game. Those are those are skins, out or outfits, or operators, you know. But there are about eight included. This is for the Airbus A320, like a skin for it that makes it look different. Not act different, just look different. There were about eight included. These were liveries for airlines like Alaska or Delta, just any international American airline. They, this cost me $5. It was slightly worth it, though. Another thing with the price is controllers. Microsoft Flight Simulator is compatible with these plane yokes that you set down on a table and you can control realistically. These cost $375. You heard me right. Okay, I'm going a bit too far. But crazy expensive. But So I'm just going to stick to my good old Xbox controller. But that's my only complaint besides it crashing. But kind of something I think about when a game crashes, it's just like, it's processing like so much crap. It's just kind of good because it's like there's so much crap that's kind of interesting about it. But that's, but yep. Thank you for so much for listening to this podcast, and I'll see you in the next one. I'm sorry if I say I mean a lot. This is my first take, and I don't want to make a second one because this is a really long podcast for me, and it took me a long time to write the script. So thank you for listening, and goodbye.